Hello, Mzanzi. Welcome to another episode of Farmer's Inside Track. My name is Duncan Masua, and I'm your host for this episode, powered by Nedbank. Now, of course, over the past few weeks, we've been in conversation with executives at the bank about their commitment to the agricultural sector through various initiatives and services they offer. Now, in this episode, we're looking at the clear business case for sustainable agriculture. Now, sustainability is not only about humanity adapting to changes and finding ways to fulfill the needs of current generations without compromising the needs of future generations, but it also provides significant financial benefits to farmers. Here to tell us more, we're joined by Daniel Rousseau, the Head of Sales for Agriculture at Nedbank Commercial Banking. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Duncan. I must say, I think it's a real privilege to have this discussion with you today. Let's get straight into it. With the effects of climate change, it's becoming more and more obvious that sustainability and climate resilience has become business as usual for many agribusinesses. But the setup costs for things like solar energy, shade netting, and regenerative farming methods are expensive. Is it really true that moving from conventional to conservation farming makes business sense? And how long does it usually take for this kind of equipment to pay for itself? I think firstly, it is really important to accept that, you know, we cannot be sustainable, especially in terms of our natural resource management and efficiencies without being financially sustainable as well. And in the process, you know, also taking care of the social responsibility side. So it must make business sense. But then, yeah, if we take into account the negative impact of especially load shedding, as well as climate change on our farming businesses, moving towards regenerative and conservation agriculture, as well as renewable energy and stewardship, very, very important as well, can actually be seen as essential these days. And also as an insurance against the negative impact, as I've mentioned. So sustainability is not only about humanity, you know, adapting to change and finding ways towards sustainable use of our natural resources over the long term. It also provides that significant financial benefit to our farmers. So although setup costs can seem to be high, it must be noted that the productive lifespan of these investments can be seen as long term. And we have to discount this investment over the long term and not just looking at the short-term cost impact thereof. So if I can mention perhaps a few examples, I think very important to what we're talking to, the dryland grain production area in the Southern Cape is a very, very good example, where conservation and regenerative agri practices over the last 30 to 40 years ensured the sustainability of majority of farmers in that region through several drought periods. Now we see farmers also benefiting from lower um, input costs, less fuel, less fertilizer being used, as well as chemicals. The three building blocks of sustainable farming, namely a minimum soil disturbance, so that's that no-toll that we talk about, biodiversity through crop rotation, and covering the soil with living crops or crop residues have proven to be simple and cost-effective in the long run. The result is an integrated system that ensures greater soil resilience and then reducing water and fertilizer usage, as I've mentioned, as well as soil erosion, very, very important. And then I think the benefit as well, greater yield consistency, resilience to drought periods, as I've mentioned as well, and reduced capital and operating costs. 
Now, it's interesting that on farms where these principles are applied, there's definite evidence that the soil itself is building resilience. If you compare, as an example, you know, the crop yields and the recovery periods following significant drought periods, I can name 2050 in 2017, 2019. It's quite frequent occurrence in, in that region. Yet farmers have proven to have the ability to work through and be sustainable through these periods. I think another example, very, very important, especially in the Western Cape and high value production areas in the other provinces, is the high value export driven industries that we've seen now a lot of investment in renewable energy and shade netting, especially shade netting to ensure quality and the continuity of output. Although the setup cost can seem to be high, we have seen break-even periods coming down year on year over the last five years. When we started off roughly 10 years for a solar project, can now be anything from five to seven years. So again, it is important from a banking side as well to fund this in such a way to ensure that cash flow neutrality as quickly as possible. It's definitely encouraging to hear the different benefits when it comes to a more sustainable approach to farming. But of course, in farming, it's all about profitability and productivity. Can you tell us how technology and innovation is helping to make sustainable farming more profitable and productive? I can actually share a number of great examples. We see innovation and technology contribute to sustainability, mostly focusing on water efficiencies, soil health, doing more with less. So if we think about using data to assist with decision-making, I think we can mention the work of two very prominent tech companies that we see, in, especially in the high-value production areas as well. Terraclim, if I can name one, and also Aerobotics that provide amazing insights to farmers as they prepare for changing climate conditions through the use of apps and optimization tools for water efficiency specifically. Now, the use of data is more important now than ever before in making decisions as well as plans to adapt and mitigate climate change and market shifts, especially in the high-value export-driven industries such as fruit and wine. As an example, Terraclim focuses on building an integrated climate geographical information system with remote sensing and crop database to provide farmers and policymakers as well with this essential information. Now, linked to this, I think, is access to data. It's very interesting. They've got access to data from more than 200 weather stations in the Western Cape alone, strategically placed across the Western Cape to fill in the gaps, to build a robust complete set of data that is invaluable in analyzing the changing environment on an hourly basis. So we're really going in, into micromanagement and precision agriculture here. Now this in turn helps farmers in the region to understand the changes that the crops are undergoing and thus make informed decisions to adapt. I think it's also important that linkage then also to research in terms of planting material, really linking soil and the correct planting material on that specific soil and microclimate. But interestingly, you know, even in the dairy industry, I think it's also a very interesting one to talk to. This technology contributed in improving yields and making educated decisions. Now, why I say it's, I think, quite important for the last 30 years, we've seen a dramatic decline in numbers of farmers. In fact, over the last 10 years, you know, we saw the farming units in the dairy industry off. But yet, we still produce more per unit than ever before. Again, technology, you know, specifically, if I can mention a few genetics, 
very, very important, cow management systems. We talk about digitized milking parlor systems, genomics innovations. That's the new kid on the block that drive better breeding outcomes. And then dairy farmers are able to maximize the yields and provide the animals with better care as well. Again, talking to the social responsibility side of the business. Conservation farming goals and sustainable farming goals requires partnerships and collaborations. Please tell us about NetBank's partnerships with WWFSA, such as Conservation Champions and Foraging for Life. When we talk about partnerships, you know, it's becoming increasingly difficult not to be sustainable as an industry, you know, with, without partnerships. And I think NetBank is very fortunate to have been in this partnership with the WWF South Africa for the last 33 years. We've been partners with the WWF through the WWF NetBank Green Trust since 1990. That's where it all started, you know, focusing a lot on conservation. But if we look at the Conservation Champions Program for the wine industry specifically, yeah, that was the result of a partnership of more than 20 years between NetBank and the WWF and with the South African wine industry as well. Now, this partnership began because most of our vineyards are in a biodiversity hotspot. Um, so conservation is really, really important. And our aim was to prevent them from jeopardizing the unique flora kingdom of the Western Cape. We know the importance thereof. So the South African wine industry is now known as a market leader with 95% of South African wines being certified as sustainably produced under the wine industry's environmental certification scheme. They call it the Integrated Production of Wine, or IPW. But the Conservation Champion Program goes further. Now, by recognizing those farmers who are committed to biodiversity-friendly and regenerate the farming practices, conserving their natural areas and continually improving their water and energy efficiencies. Through these practices, farms have increased their climate resilience, and most of these farms have always also then been able to maintain their productivity. Again, talking to sustainability after experiencing the worst drought in decades that we've seen in the Western Cape and an ever-changing climate. But I think it goes further than that. It's not just by doing the right thing in terms of conservation. There's also financial benefit from that. It can be used as marketing as well. We need to mention that because it does take quite a bit of investment. But I think, you know, promoting what these wine estates and farmers are doing, I think is also for the benefit of the bigger industry. And then if you can talk to foraging for life, perhaps the aim there is to increase biodiversity and climate resilience, focusing on the Western Cape and Eastern Cape, but more around foraging fynbos. But then also looking at productivity, you know, by protecting and boosting bee population. Now, we know the importance of bees, especially in the fruit industry, not so much in the wine, but the fruit industry. And I think that's one of the biggest risks going forward. What we see the decline in, in biodiversities in these areas. But I think the positive of that is we've now seen that farmers quite easily understand the benefits of working with nature. Again, you know, there's a financial side to that as well. And they see nature actually like a business partner and their role then as a custodian for the services that nature can provide. So, you know, within this context and considering the ever increasing input cost, as I say, if you look at the smaller margins every year, it is clear that profitability factor is making the decision to move to sustainable farming a lot easier. 
as I've said, it's becoming now essential and can be seen as an insurance policy against climate change, against load shedding, to name but two. That was, of course, Daniel Rousseau, Head of Sales for Agriculture at Nedbank Commercial Banking. You can, of course, read more on this topic by visiting www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Join me again next time as we unpack how NetBank can help you unlock opportunities in agriculture. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. From me, Duncan Masiwa, our technical producer, Megan van der Vind, and the rest of Hashtag Team Food for Mzanzi, thanks for listening. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.